and welcome to today's episode of A Healthy Shift Podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. What it is, it's an answer to a question that was posed to me in one of my Q&As on Instagram. Someone asked me the following question, anything on how to not use eating as a self-soothing strategy for stress after a tough shift? So in today's episode of A Quick Chat With, we're going to have a quick chat with my mentor, Shannon Beer, who is a subject matter expert on this. So let's get into the episode. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to A Healthy Shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to the show, Shannon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Now, to anybody listening that knows Shannon B, you never ever ask Shannon how she is because we know she's well. It's almost always, where the hell are you, Shannon? Where are you now? I am in California right now. Fantastic. What a fantastic place to be too. Chasing the sun, no doubt. (laughs) Trying my best, that's for sure. Wonderful. Now, Shannon, I've asked you to come on to answer a question that came to me as a result of a um, a Q&A that I did, um, which I said, who would you love to hear from on my podcast? And then the answer that I got was anything on how to not use eating as a self-soothing strategy for stress after a tough shift. Immediately, you came to mind. Obviously, you mentored me for six months, and I know what your answer is probably going to be to this. But at the end of the day, I think it's important that we hear from a subject matter expert, and I know you articulate this extremely well. Now, our health workers, frontline health and shift workers, are under enormous pressure at the moment, and this is an absolute problem that I would love for you to just arm our shift workers with some tools to help them with this self, a self-soothing strategy other than reaching for food. Or in fact, let's go back. Why do we reach for food as a self-soothing soothing strategy um, for, you know, as a result of stress? Yeah, it's very normal to find yourself tempted to want to reach for something that gives you a sense of comfort, that is distracting, it helps you to relax. And now I'm guessing the reason that this question was asked is because it doesn't come without its downsides, right? Where maybe we feel a little bit guilty after, we feel regretful, we are not liking the impacts maybe that's having on us long term. And it sounds as though your listeners are searching for alternative strategies and I gave it a little bit of thought I was like well what's the most you know helpful thing that I could suggest in this episode because of course there are a number of different ways that we could approach this but given the scenario of shift workers who are currently under a lot of stress what I would recommend is to consider 
starting a a compassion-based practice. And the reason that I suggest this is because compassion is about supporting yourself when you're having a hard time. And the one practice that I would recommend in particular is compassionate letter writing. Because when you're having a hard time and feeling under stress, writing a letter to yourself can be a really helpful way to refocus your thoughts and feelings on being supportive, helpful, and caring towards yourself. Because it's not just the eating that can cause problems for people. What they find is they're often very critical towards themselves after. Like, oh, for God's sake, why do I continue to do this? Like, I know this isn't helpful. I'm so useless. There's something wrong with me. All of that criticism that comes after the unsatisfying food choices, that can make it very, very difficult to find alternative strategies. And I would also encourage reframing the question because currently this is an avoidance-based goal. How can I stop myself eating? What we could ask instead, which may lead to some more helpful solutions, is how can I best support myself when I am stressed? Because we know if we reduce our vulnerability, we're going to be less prone to making those choices that don't leave us feeling satisfied. So, would you like me to sort of explain a little bit about the compassionate letter writing practice? Yes, yes please do. Go ahead. Awesome. So the research suggests that when we write ourselves, um, when we engage in expressive writing, then that allows us to respond to our setbacks rather than beating ourselves up to find a solution to move us forwards. It helps us to take responsibility for our physical and mental well-being. And it really helps us to develop a genuine sense of understanding and care for ourselves. So we begin to recognize that it makes a lot of sense why I'm struggling to make different choices. At this present moment, I am under a lot of pressure and I've turned to food because it's convenient, because it works temporarily in the moment. Maybe it's something that I'm used to. It's a habit of mine and it makes sense that I would turn to that. However, I have recognized that this is something that I want to change. I want to begin to develop other strategies. That is the compassionate perspective. And the reason that it's so helpful in this particular context is because self-compassion reflective writing has been shown to reduce negative affect and to improve healthy eating um, relative to other strategies. So relative to just writing in general or relative to putting ourselves down, we're more likely to feel better and to eat well if we get into the practice of writing ourselves compassionate letters. It also helps us to manage our emotional and um, behavioral responses to lapses in our healthy eating because many of us will recognize that it's not what you eat on the occasion that matters the most, it's what you do consistently over time. The problem is when we feel like we've let ourselves go, that we've made a mistake, that we've slipped up on our diet, that's when we tend to self-sabotage. Whereas if we can respond to that situation with compassion and concern for ourselves, we can find a more helpful strategy. There are also the additional benefits in relation to our body image, which can also be helpful to improving our eating behaviors as well, because they often go hand in hand. So it helps us to appreciate ourselves and to feel more satisfied with our bodies. Um, 
But with the compassionate letter itself, I recognize that this is probably the last thing you want to do when you get home from a long shift, right? And I'm not suggesting that you actually have to do it at that point in time. It may even be something that you want to start your day with before you go on your shift. So for example, this could look like, dear Roger, like I'm going to address this letter to myself. Dear Roger, you're working really hard at the moment and you're under a lot of stress. I know that this is going to be a long shift for you. And when you get home, you're going to want a way to unwind. And what you've been doing recently is turning to food. You're feeling a little bit disappointed with yourself and you're frustrated that you're unable to break this cycle. Perhaps instead, we can think about other ways to begin to support ourselves. You know, it would be nice if you could come home to a meal that's already been prepared. Imagine how much better you'll feel knowing that you've got a meal that meets all of your needs, which is also convenient for you. You know, perhaps we could play around and explore and experiment with other ways of unwinding. The goal is not to stop eating. The goal is to explore new opportunities and new activities that you could be doing, you know, and that this will open you up to so many different routes that you could go down. I would recommend if you do this in the morning, that when you're on your way home from your night shift, you can start this exercise in the car where you engage in what is known as soothing rhythm breathing. So essentially, you're using your breath to send signals to your body to prepare yourself for relaxation, for grounding, for calming down, so that when you get home, you're not primed to um, overeat because you're not feeling so so stressed it's a very effective and very simple thing that you can do in your car when you're already on your way home and that would just look like um, taking some long and slow deep breaths finding a rhythm that works for you and you can do this for as long as it takes for you to feel just a little bit more grounded and the, the goal is not to fall asleep especially if you're driving home right that you know, be very aware of that. The goal is to help yourself feel calm and alert. That's what you're hoping for. So that then when you get home, again, you're less primed to be making um, choices that don't leave you satisfied. Yeah, I really love that um, with what you've done. So let's just unpack a few of those things that you've talked about there. I always talk and in my seminars that I run to other agencies, I do talk about that we need to start our sleep hygiene practice once we get in the car on the way home. We don't put loud, stimulating, doof doof music on um, and then, you know, bock our way all the way home with the windows down and things like that. We need to start a nice, slow, rhythmic practice because this does get us back into a parasympathetic state, which is restful as well, because as this person has asked us the question, what's a self-soothing strategy for stress and breathwork without doubt is an excellent place to start because we do use our breathwork just by focusing on the breath. And I've talked about meditation as being something that's really important um, and people say, oh, I'm so stressed and my mind goes a million miles an hour. There is no way can I meditate. And I say, you actually can because no one's mind goes as fast as I do. And I learned to meditate in October last year or September, I think it was. It changed my life, Shannon. It made such a difference to my life. Um, 
just in the course that I did. I went physically to a person to learn how to meditate properly and to find a practice that I really enjoyed. And I use that and I encourage shift workers to use this on the way home instead of this stressful thing because the idea and the reason why we stress eat is because we're in a stressed state and we need to reduce that stressed state. I love the idea of the letter writing as well. Um, now, you, you've called it letter writing, like it's Dear Roger, but is this something along the lines of, we talk about journaling a lot as well, but could journaling be something that could be used? I think, don't get me wrong here, but we've got health workers and frontline emergency workers and you know big firemen and big policemen that have big problems. They're not going to sit down and write a Dear John letter to themselves, right? But they they should really journal things out and you could journal that out. Is that true? I would say that there are some specific characteristics of a compassionate letter that are important because that is what gives it the benefit, um, particularly in these circumstances where we're talking about unsatisfying food choices and also dealing with stress. So a compassionate letter is something that is validating your directly empathizing with your struggles you're acknowledging you know what I'm having a hard time right now and you're thinking about a specific difficulty so you there's a structure to it so really engaging with that rhythm breathing on the way home will help you to tap into some of this sort of more grounding wise strong courageous sort of qualities that you have within yourself so the letter would begin with you can either address it to yourself third person dear roger or you can write first person you know i am having a hard time right now and it's understandable why i'm going through this given the amount of pressure that i'm under and you can also understand your attempts to manage that stress I recognize that I've been overeating or making choices that I'm not happy with. And you can acknowledge that the consequences, and this is having an impact on me, um, they're not your fault. It's just a way that you've tried to manage your stress. And now you're acknowledging that this isn't helpful for you. So it helps you to take responsibility to develop the skills to manage these difficulties in a more helpful and productive way. So you can then begin to explore the different strategies. You know, what steps can I take to learn how to support myself in different ways? Can I make a plan for that? You're then going to work with your blocks and your setbacks. So consider what else might interrupt that right you know I might be tempted there's all this food in the house and it's really easy for me just to forget why I'd planned to do different things right um, or I'm never sure what to do when I get home so maybe I'm going to experiment with other things at different times when I'm not feeling my most vulnerable just so I can see what that might be like for me and then finally you're going to end with a commitment to yourself so expressing your intention to take steps to deal with your circumstances in a different way so that's like the structure of a compassionate letter and it is these guidelines that can really help you to see those changes that we've mentioned journaling can be a good place to start but it can also be very vague you know it could also be um, less direct it may not be 
helpful for you in the sense that you haven't been able to empathize it may turn into something that's quite critical like roger why do you keep eating this shitty food like get a grip you know like that could be journaling (laughs) whereas compassion is really important to embody those qualities of wisdom i know this isn't helpful i can also see why you're struggling as well as strength and a caring commitment so you're not there to put yourself down you're there to support yourself and find a better way to move forwards I was just about to emphasize, like with meditation, it's super important that we don't judge our feelings, isn't it? We have to really avoid judging our feelings. Like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why that thought came into my mind. That's that's an interesting thought. But we don't go, oh, here you go again, Rog. You've got to be thinking about this. You know, don't stop thinking about it. You're being an idiot. You're being a fool. You're being dumb by doing all this. And it's that is very, very unhelpful, isn't it? It doesn't help us at all. So we need to really, like with meditation, we really do need to write this letter from a very, very compassionate side because the research is very clear that when we show ourselves compassion, it actually manifests in so many areas, doesn't it, with what we do. Instead of what we think, we think we've got to bully ourselves. We think we've got to go, no, we think we've got to say, don't have that food in the house. We think we've got to say, you're hopeless, you're useless, you just keep on eating this. But if we do it with without judgment and just with compassion of, well, that's an interesting thought. Why would you think that way? Oh, um, yeah, okay. So... You know, it's a stressful time. I'm busy. I've got a lot of files or or we're very short-staffed or we've got these problems. So it's okay to feel like this. Now, what I want to do in relation to this, because I've been eating too much, is I want to be able to self-soothe myself. And I think if we go back to as babies, like we would cry and we'd be put on the boobs straight away, wouldn't we? You know, because it was food. It was food was the solution to it. And then we would fall over and mum would put a Band-Aid on our leg and then she would give us a lollipop and send us off as well. So food was the reward there as well. Then we have Christmas and birthdays and Easter and it's all food rewarding. Um, I just think that doing things without judgment is definitely the way to go Um, and just observe the thought. Yeah, I mean, that's really great advice. Like rather than saying, you know, you keep making these choices and you're you're such a greedy idiot or whatever it is that comes up, it's actually getting curious. Why do I make these choices? Yep. You know, I don't like this. So what is going on here? And we find, well, yeah, there are some benefits. There are some good reasons why I do this because I've got a lot on my plate and it helps temporarily, you know? So having that compassion means having that understanding and that wisdom. So like you mentioned, it's about then using that wisdom to discover other ways that you can self-soothe. And there are so many ways that you could do that. You know, you could even Google like self-soothing techniques and there may be things that come up like drinking a warm tea that helps you to relax, putting on some soothing music, using touch as well, like whether it's like a heavy weighted blanket that makes you feel like cozy and comfortable or um, even putting like your hand on your chest 
test. I know it sounds like a little bit silly, but sometimes what we do in these compassionate mind training exercises is actually like use touch that can be very comforting. Whether you're just like holding your own hand or putting your hand on your chest, that can be very soothing. If you have a partner, then obviously you can do that together. Um, Other strategies may involve smell. You know, what scents relax you? Can you light a candle that helps you to calm down? You know, all of these different things are just examples of some ways that you could begin to experiment with different strategies. So what I would recommend is just picking one, you know, Mm. what out of, you know, generate some ideas, give yourself the freedom to just put a bunch of ideas on paper, whether they're good ideas or bad ideas, you know, just remove the judgment there and just let everything come to that. Whatever comes to your mind, get that out on paper. And then from that list, you can decide which one of these sounds like a good place to start. You know, so I really do recommend, as we said, the soothing breathing in the car, because that's something you always have access to. No matter where you are, you've always got access to your breath. If you're out in public, it's something you can do that's not even like visible that, you know, you could be doing these breathing practices and no one's going to notice. So I do think that that could be a very effective place. And in general, if you can build that compassionate letter writing practice at times that are convenient to you, that can help to reduce your emotional vulnerability, which is what's leading to some of these unsatisfying choices. Amazing. I think that's really good. And once again, don't overwhelm yourself. Just pick one and just work with whatever you feel comfortable with yourself. Some people might say, hey, spray your pillow with lavender and smell that. Some people might say, hey, do the can. But don't don't have a line of things as you're coming in, the candle, the lavender, the everything at once, because you'll completely overwhelm yourself. And then you'll stress yourself, won't you, with anxiety? Oh, I haven't lit the candle. I haven't done this. Oh, I haven't done that. And it has has an opposite effect. Oh my God, I haven't done this. But I think if we we, um, just introduce one little thing, and it might make such a difference to us, because the idea is, once again, we'll go back to it. It's got to be a strategy for stress before, because this person has identified that they eat as a result of stress. And once again, we need to go back to the root cause, don't we? The stress is the root cause. Now, all we're going to do is move ourselves from that stress state. Good, There's good stress, there's bad stress. But writing things down, like you've said in your compassionate letter, actually just literally by thinking it and writing it, it creates a bit of a muscle memory for you when you are stressed to go back to, doesn't it, automatically because you've written it out. And I think that was just a fantastic strategy as well um, with that. So, Shannon, thank you so much for answering those questions. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, No, but I am building out a free resource that will guide you through this letter writing process. So if that's done by the time the podcast is released, then I'm more than happy to share that as well, just to give you those guidelines. So it's a practice that you can build for yourself if that's something that you think would be helpful. I think that would be incredibly helpful. And in fact, what I will do, because I know how quickly you work, um, I will um, I'll hold this podcast off and I'll release it because I release these on Wednesdays. Um, I'll hold that off and I'll wait for you to forward that. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes, actually, um, so that people can actually download that and just use it as a bit of a framework for them to, because you know, everyone wants a journal that's got prompts and to have a framework around this self-compassionate letter writing would be fantastic. Thank you, Shannon. And what about, what are you up to at the moment with your, your, you've got your body image course, which is for coaches, but I sort of, I've got to admit, I recently learned that you actually do have a body image course for the GenPop to use as well, don't you? Would you like to talk a little bit about that while you've got the opportunity in the platform? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I recognize like in my work, you know, coaching people to help them to to eat better is that one of the biggest blocks they face is with their body image. So many people want to feel more confident, more comfortable in their bodies. And I created a body confidence toolbox. So these are strategies that are um, really well grounded by the evidence that are proven to support you through your bad body image days. So everyone has those moments where they don't feel good in their bodies. You know, we desire to change how we look. And these are strategies that can help you to move past those moments and continue to treat your body with the respect that it deserves so that you can focus on all the other things that you've got going on in your life. So that is the sort of purpose and the story behind the Body Confidence Toolbox. Fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it. Shannon's armed me with some tremendous tools that I use to work with clients as well. Um, And that's from a coaching perspective. But to be able to do it as a young woman or even a young man that's having trouble with their body image and they feel like they need to look a certain way or behave a certain way, this really does impact on our eating behaviours. And when you can rectify that, your life just completely changes for you. And I can even talk about that from my own perspective as well. So well done, Shannon. Where can people find you to actually... um, follow up on this obviously the website is where the course will be parked so tell us your website tell us your instagram and um, we'll go from there yeah it's nice and easy my website is coachshannonbeer.com and my instagram is the same coachshannonbeer amazing fantastic thank you so much shannon i'll link to that in the show notes and i want to say again thank you so much for giving up half an hour of your time to help our poor shift workers with this Um, And I'm sure you've armed them with a really good strategy there that people can use to just get themselves back into a parasympathetic state and to give them an option to use to help them as well. Thank you once again. It was a pleasure. And well, there you go. That's Shannon Beard. Isn't she fantastic? Now, firstly, from the outset, I do want to just apologize for that popping noise that was in my audio. At the end of the interview with Shannon, I actually cancelled out of my recording application and it didn't save. Thank God I recorded it through StreamYard, so I was able to capture Shannon's audio and unfortunately, for some reason, mine recorded with those pops in it, so I apologise for that, but it's not normal, folks. Okay, so there you go. That's the answer to the question. Um, If you got any value out of that, I ask that you please, if you would, rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends. It is a really, really important topic, this, because it does uh, cause so many disordered behaviours around our food. So there you go. Anyway, that's the podcast episode, and that is Shannon Beard. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.